Welcome to the Wish I'd Known Men podcast, where we focus on how authors found success, looking at strategies that have taken them to the top of the bestseller charts, as well as what they've learned from their mistakes. Because being an indie author is more than knowing the latest marketing trend. It's about being innovative and creative and learning from your mistakes. Your co-hosts, Jamie Albright and Sarah Rosette, couldn't be more different. In fact, they're a study in contrasts. However, despite all of their differences, they agree that sharing what they wish they'd known, both the good and the bad, is the key to moving forward. Let's get to the show. Welcome to the Wish I'd Known Them podcast. I'm Sarah Rosette. And I'm Jamie Albright. And this week we're answering readers' questions. So Sarah and I are the guest and the host this week again. Yeah, so we're going to hit some reader questions. And then we're going to talk about more about reviews, like how to find them, um, how to use them for marketing. And um, there's plenty of details on that. So we'll go into that in a little bit. Mm-hmm. But um, first, you got any updates, anything going on? I've started writing. So Yay. there you go. Yeah, I've, start, I've actually put words on the page for the new book. And um, so I'm really excited about that. Um, yeah, and then going, um, this is week five, I think, of after launch, week five, and I'm still below 100, so, I mean, below 1,000, so uh, it'd be great if I was below 100. <laughs> That'd be awesome. uh, below 1,000, I'm really happy about that. The launch has just been great uh, again, and... Yeah, so I'm going to do some things this month and see if I can get a little action going with the backlist. And yeah, then we'll see how that goes. How about you? What's going on with you? Uh, well, this morning I was like, oh, yeah, I do have a book releasing next week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <So when this laughs> out, the book will come out the day after this podcast comes out. So mm-hmm. that's the difference between like you did your launch. It was book one in a new series mm-hmm. in KU. And this is going to be book five in a wide series. And so it's like very in an established series. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> very low key. So yeah. I'm doing some giveaways this morning. I've been doing um, newsletter stuff. I've, mm-hmm. I've been sharing my, um, the first couple chapters over like the last couple of weeks with my newsletter list. And they seem to like that. So, but that's yeah. a little more work because you have more, more emails going out. And then I have a segment of my email list that only wants to know when the book comes out. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to set another one for that. Wow. So, yeah. So I was doing all those little nitnoid, doing all those little nitnoid things and um, doing some Goodreads giveaways and Mm -hmm. some print giveaways in my own group, kind of like you did. Mm -hmm. So not a lot other than that. And I finished my revisions on book six so I can send that off. So my, my brain has all been in book six. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now I'm like, yeah. oh, wait, I do have a new release. So on book six, when will you, you'll try to have the audio book ready when that book comes out, right? Yes, that's the whole goal. And like this book, the one, the book five, it, it takes a couple of weeks to get it ready to go and to get it approved. So like if you have, it's better if you can upload the audio like a couple of months ahead of time, mm-hmm. but you know, that's just not possible sometimes. Mm-hmm. So this one, I think I submitted the audio about a month ago. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you think like you need a couple of weeks for copy editing, a couple of weeks for proofreading, and then a uh, couple of weeks for audio 
production and proofreading, that's, you know, a couple months. Yeah. So ideally it would be best, you know, if you had like six months. Right. So I'm kind of a little close for a December release, but hopefully it'll work. You'll get it. You'll get it. <laughs> and if the, I figured with the December release, if the audio comes out a little bit later, that will just have to be the way it is. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. but before we go on, I have to ask you about your letters on the wall behind you. Oh, Jamie yeah. has this cool little cutout. It's got her name. Is it wood? Yeah, it's wood. I got it on Etsy. It says Jamie Albright. We'll take a picture and uh, put it in the show notes if we can. I don't know. Can we do that? Um, Yeah, I've redone my office and I, uh, this was the final thing, uh, just my name. And it's kind of behind my head. So if I'm on my computer, you can see it. And uh, I don't know, it may be the ultimate in ego. No, Uh, it's branding. (laughs) It's branding. Because it's the same font as on your book covers, isn't it? it is. Very it's similar. Pretty it's pretty close, yeah. So, uh, and then over my right shoulder, I have a little plaque that says "Happily Ever After." So there you go. Yeah, it is all on brand for sure. For sure, that is true. So, yeah, we'll see. I'm uh, recording in my office today. Usually, I do it in a bedroom because of the sound. But I'm I'm actually got my computer in a box. And I'm talking into the box, so hopefully my sound will be okay because it can be a little echoey in here. So this is why we're just semi-pro. Yeah, we we are real professional. <laughs> All right, well, let's get started. We'll do let's some questions. questions. Yeah. yeah. So, the, exactly. so these are questions that people have posted in our Facebook group, or people have asked us just you know online. So mm-hmm. the first one is from Allison, and she wants information on indie middle grade, on indie market for middle grade and children's books. And unfortunately, yeah, we know nothing cool. about this. No, we know nothing about this, <laughs> Allison. I'm so sorry. But if you, um, the Creative Pen uh, had Karen Inglis on, and she was talking about children's books. Also, I think the self-publishing show has turned on as well today. So you could um, listen to that podcast and we'll link to that. So yeah, can. we'll link to both of those. And I do know that the market for the indie market for children's books and middle grade books is very tough, but mm-hmm. obviously it's possible that you can do well there. You just have to have probably a different marketing strategy than you would for um uh, adult books because you basically have to market to the parent because they've got to buy it. Mm-hmm. And so it's like a double. Yeah. Work kids on don't have credit card, so. That's true. <laughs> well, a lot of kids don't. Some do, but yeah. a lot don't. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, the next question, moving on. <laughs> yeah. uh, several people have asked about our, uh, what classes, courses, or books we recommend uh, in particular for ads. So, uh, you go I, first. <laughs> I'll go first. So I that I have not done just a ton of ads courses. I am doing Nicholas Eric's course right now, um, and it's very good. But on ads, but a lot of what I learned, I learned from friends and people, and just trial and error and doing things. So. Um, but as far as craft books go, I uh, love, if you write romance, I love Jennifer Probst's Write Naked. 
And it is just, it's, it's kind of, it's a little bit of a memoir, but it's also about writing. And one of the big things that I took away from it was, and it wasn't even Jennifer who said it, it was Susan Elizabeth Phillips, who is, you know, my romance writing hero. She, um, when asked, she's been, Susan's been doing this for a long, long time. And when asked, she said, what do you wish, you know, you know, basically, but our premise. And she said, I wish I'd given myself more permission to suck. And so I write next, you know, next to my computer, when I'm writing a first draft, I write on a piece of paper, you have permission to suck. And it, when I don't have that there, it, is much harder for me to write a first draft because I'm constantly trying to get it right. But if I start getting freaked out and look over and see that I, I have permission to suck, (laughs) then it just somehow frees me mentally and I can just keep writing so I can get that first draft done. And then the second one that's the second prep book that's really helped me is by Eric Kelly. And it's a small little book, but it's called build a book, a pre-writing process. And it's really um, great. It really helps you kind of break down before you ever start writing. So you're not, you know, getting stuck like I do sometimes. Um, But it it has helped me and I really do recommend it. Um, I can say, that uh, we're going to talk about this, but David Dogren has a huge post mm-hmm. uh, this week on his blog uh, about selling books in 2020. And we're going to link to that. But, and he talks about a lot of books that are really good uh, for, mm-hmm. we're going to link to David Dogren's course. I mean, David Dogren's blog and he talks about a lot of books and, uh, that are good for ads and stuff. But one of them he talks about is by Deb Potter, Tips and Strategies to Sell Your Books, Amazon Ads for Authors. Um, I really got a lot of good information out of that book, too. So that's just one that we can put in there. How about yeah. you, Sarah? Well, I would say we will definitely link to that blog post from yeah. David Gargan because it is huge and it has tons of resources and it covers all different types of ad platforms. Mm-hmm. So um, for ads, um, I don't do ads as much as Jamie does. And I've read David Gargan's book on BookBub ads and that was helpful. Mm-hmm. And um, I've done the uh, self-publishing formula course. And mm-hmm. so that's really good for getting the basics. And uh, now it has, even more than when I took it. So I need to go back and dig in again there. Um, Books and stuff for me, uh, one of the books that helped me the most when I first got started was called Plot and Structure by James Scott Bell. Mm -hmm. And it's really good. And then I had some other books that were more specific to mystery. I read one called You Can Write a Mystery Mm -hmm. by um, Gillian Roberts. Mm -hmm. And I don't, it might only be out in, uh, print like you might have to find it in a used bookstore if you're interested in that but um and then there's um another one screenwriting tricks and tips for authors and that's by uh alex i was saying her name wrong sokolov i apologize if that's wrong but i'll link to that so those are some that have helped me Mm -hmm. Uh, i think this is a pretty big subject that um we might sometime later we might circle back to this and do a whole episode just talking about different courses because there's different points at your career that you need different things Mm -hmm. so like if you're just starting out i don't know that i would take like a huge Mm -hmm. you know i would pick 
something smaller to yeah. start with. So like David were you going to say something? class? Yeah. Yes. Um, well, yeah, just that um, a book that I've read and I tried to apply to my last book, but you know, it's, it's hard. You get in the weeds and, but it is a really good book. And I think that people, it's called um, something startling happens and it's 120 story beats. Every writer needs to know by Todd click and it's, but it's really for screenwriting, but he, it's so interesting, like about films. I think it's like four minutes in or two minutes into every oh, yes. film, something um, like shocking happens. And if you sit down and watch, it doesn't matter if it's Disney. It doesn't matter if it's a thriller. It doesn't, it always happens. Mm-hmm. And um, so I think, especially for like beginnings of books to make sure you hook mm-hmm. that reader, something like this is a really good resource. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that's cool. And another good one is for like if you're inspired by films is uh, Save the Cat because yes, it breaks them all down. That too, yeah. yeah, yeah. And yeah. there's way more, way right. more. When I, when I first, before I wrote anything um, back, you know, when I first started, I uh, didn't, I wanted, you know, a book. I'd read a lot of romance, but I wanted a book. And I went to Barnes & Noble and I found uh, Romance Writing for Dummies. And actually, it was great. I mean, it really <laughs> broke things down. Like, this is what has to happen in a romance. And um, I think it even talked about, like, dialogue tags and not using them as much. And, I mean, just some really, really good helpful hints if you're just starting yeah. out or if you've been doing it a while and you feel like you need to brush up on your skills. So Romance Writers for Dummies, uh, uh, that would be a book I'd recommend. So. <laughs> Well, that sounds good. Yeah. That is good. Um, so let's see. We've got another question from um, Anita Knight. If you were starting at the very beginning of your career right now, uh, what would you do differently than you already have? For instance, do you think because certain marketing tactics and strategies have become uber popular with indies that they're now less effective? No. I, I mean, I don't think... I think the things that have kind of been working for a while are still working. Um, what I wish that I had done was, you know, what I was told to do and didn't do uh, would be have three books ready to go before I, before I published. That would have, it would have changed everything I think for me. And while my career has been great and I'm not complaining at all, um, I just think that it would have made things a little bit easier. Um, and but it would have meant probably postponing releasing for another year. And I, I didn't want to do that. So, um, but that's, that's what I wouldn't, that would be the one thing I would change. I don't think I would change much else. And as far as tactics, I think most things, you know, free, um, for first in, first free in series, if you're wide, mm-hmm. uh, you can speak more to this, but I see that working all the time with people. Um, BookBub, I think still work. BookBub feature deals still work. Um, rapid release works if you can do it. Um, yeah, and just doing promos, you know, offering your free, you know, if you're in Kindle Unlimited, doing the KDP um, Kindle Countdown yeah. deal. Um, countdown. If you're in KU, uh, doing the countdown deals and the free days uh, really work. Yeah. Still. So what about you? What do you think? 
Um, well, I think that there's not much I would do differently because mm-hmm. I feel like even though like I was traditionally published first and then I became indie, I feel like I learned a lot mm-hmm. when I was, you know, like about how they publish books and some of that I've applied. And we, we'll talk about that later when we talk about reviews. Mm-hmm. But um, it would have been way, way, way smarter if I had been writing books for myself while I was traditionally publishing, you know, if I hadn't given everything to New York, that would have been smarter, but that's one of those things that you just go on and (laughs) just keep going. Um, Yeah. I wouldn't do much differently. I mean, if I had been smarter and done my newsletter list via email instead of like, if I'd collected emails instead of physical addresses, that would have been. Yeah. But see, I don't have this futuristic vision that some people do. So yeah. I just have to struggle. Well, I would say that, well, I wish I had three books. Had I done that at the time, you know, if I knew now, if I knew then what I know now, I would have taken my time and written three books. The problem is if I had done that, then the books would not have been as good as they are quality wise because you learn as you go right because I learn as I go and because I know now that I personally cannot write a really great book really fast um and so I need to think about things I need to mull it over yeah, I mean, you know, all yeah the me stuff. too yeah yeah so so while I say that I, I'm glad I didn't because if I had book two book three might not have been as good as yeah. as I think they are I think they're they're written well they're they're edited well they're you know I have great mm-hmm. covers and so um but I might have rushed it and I yeah I don't yeah. necessarily think that's a good idea yeah yeah as far as um let's see the second part was about oh tactics mm-hmm. so um yeah I think free still works especially on uh, the wide vendors and if you can get a book bug deal that's awesome I'll give you a boost mm-hmm. but even um, if you can't you can still go with the the smaller advertising sites oh yeah I think they still work yeah yeah I do too and if you don't hit them like every month if you give a little time in between mm-hmm. you can still get the bump I, I remember there was like a phase where people were saying oh I've saturated the, the market is saturated and I've reached all the ebook readers and I was like well Maybe if you wait a couple months and then right. hit those places again, you'll get new people because new people right. have to sign up all the time. Right. Um, free, I think free works really well. I think the thing that probably doesn't work as well is those big, huge newsletter building, yes. um, email building things where like you go in with like 30 other authors and everybody gets a book and then everybody's inundated with emails from all 30 authors that I think readers don't enjoy. So I did a few of those in the beginning when they were like 15 or 20 and you banded together and promoted. And um, I kind of decided I don't do those anymore because I feel like it overwhelms readers. I do them every once in a while. Like, and I usually do them to sell books, not to build my newsletter list, but I did just do a book sweeps with Ryan. And, um, that turned out really well. It worked really, yeah. really well. And I got, I mean, that list that I got wasn't, I mean, it was a good size list, but it wasn't like massive thousands and thousands yeah. of people. Yeah. But I will tell you that I have sent several emails to them and my click rate and my open rates and my click rates are great to that list. Yeah. So, 
uh, yeah, I, will and say I think that, if you use them like yeah if if I think for for a while there was it was it exploded in popularity and people were like oh this is a great way to gain followers yes. and they weren't curated I mean the yeah. list like yeah Ryan's lists are curated so yeah. he knows that those people that he's sending these books to are interested in these books in those so books. yeah, that's yeah. Just, yeah I agree that's I agree key. completely but I will say that I think that um the best the absolute very best promo like that I have ever done was with some other um romance writers who wrote rockstar romances uh-huh. and we did one and our books were free so there were 12 of us I guess and uh-huh. so t- like on, I did the whole five days you know I ran I ran a free run for five days but mm-hmm. on one of those days all 12 of in the day we put it out to people all 12 of us had free books so people could download it and I that worked so well I've just I've I would coordinate one, but I don't know how. So <laughs> let me know. Um, in coordinating, because but I was assessed to do it. So something like that, but, because it's but very specific. Short, yes, very specific, very short term, very very genre specific with authors just like you, um, mm-hmm. or close enough. I think something like that does to work. But yeah, I agree. The the really big ones, the way I got my, basically the way I got my newsletter followers mm-hmm. before I launched, those things don't work quite as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's a little reader fatigue mm-hmm. with signing up and all that, but I mean, the basics of it still work. You just have right. to use it a little more right. judiciously, I guess. Yes. All right. So next up we have, um, Luna, she would like to know the best way you found other writers to connect with. Um, so, um, like, especially during COVID. Yes. Well, <laughs> it's a little more challenging right now. Yes. So, yeah, I would say on that one, you know, online groups, if you can find, you know, an online group of writers, particularly if you can find one where they write the same thing you do, you're going to have the same, you can help each other. Right. with marketing if you want I, I don't I'm not thrilled groups they're like okay you join us and you have to do these seven things because mm-hmm. I feel like I'm just like not interested in that sometimes <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but um but you know if you can help each other with the the craft the marketing and then just the support I don't know what else could any other um well no I cre- I completely agree about um Joining online groups, I tell people that all the time. Uh, and if you don't, if there isn't one, you can start one. Like start your own and um, get people that write what you write, or just other authors. Like one of the groups I'm in right now um, that I love is a group of just random. I mean, we all write romance, but we all write different kinds of romance, and so it's more of a marketing or just. Um, not even marketing, like moral support kind of yeah. uh, group. And those are good. But if you're going to join a group like that, this is this is my big tip. And, and really, if you can go to conferences, you know, that's how Sarah and I met. Um, that's how I've met a yeah. lot of my writer friends. But if you're going to do things, go into it with the mindset of helping as opposed to taking and yeah. uh, you will be way more successful that way. And if, if the only help you can give is encouragement, 
um, and sharing and stuff like that. That's great. There's nothing wrong. Yeah, that's huge. And um, I think that I just think it's important. I think a lot of us, um, we're a little, I think people get a little desperate to um, sell books you know, get their name out there, get people to notice them. And instead of helping, we we want to insert our opinions. We want people to see how smart we are, how good we are. And sometimes that really backfires on you. A lot of the times I think it backfires. So just go into things being helpful. Or if you're in a group now, because we're all in a bunch of groups and you see somebody that's kind of always commenting or comments with helpful stuff, send them a note and just say, Hey, I appreciate, I appreciate you commenting. I've, I've gotten a lot out of your comments and yeah. stuff. Those are ways you can build relationships with people without being kind of, you know, smarmy and yeah um yeah and another way to do it is i just thought of this i'm in a i have an anthology coming out in september that i'm part of it's just an anthology of short stories they're mysteries and you know even though we all knew each other i'm going to you know that would be a great way to get to know people especially if you pull them in and that way if you don't if you don't want to join online groups Mm -hmm. you could invite people to be part of your anthology and it's a lot of work, but it would be a way to get to know people and to get to know people a little better. So some sort of like group promotion, group activity thing like that would be one, another way to do it. So, yeah. And one of the things I've done, I did, um, and I mean, this isn't going to work for everybody, but it, it is, you know, take it and then maybe make it work for you. Um, at last year, after, uh, we had been actually it was your poor last after we had been to uh, romance author mastermind and I had met several people there and really connected with them. That's the key. You really connect with people. Mm-hmm. I um, have access to a beach house. And so I asked like eight of seven of them. I'm like, Hey, would y'all want to do a writing retreat? And they all said yes. And they all flew to Houston and we went to this thing and, we spent four or five days there just writing and working on marketing and stuff. And Oh my gosh, it was great. And you know, those seven people are some of my closest, closest friends now Mm -hmm. in the community in the, especially in romance. Mm -hmm. And again, we were friendly and we kind of had a connection, but spending time with people like that really, really helps. Now, of course, right now we can't do that. But at some point you might be able to. And um, so you don't really have to go to the beach house. I mean, you can do just in, about why anything. Why not if you can? But why not? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So believe me, I'd go to Timbuktu right now if I could go. So <laughs> anyway, I, I think something like that is important. And that and that's not going to work for everybody. I know right. that. Um, but you, you figure out what your strengths are relationally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then work with those things, you know, work yeah. with those things. And if your strengths are not really being the one that reaches out, the one that talks to people. In fact, a friend of mine yesterday just mentioned that if they weren't with me or another extroverted friend, they probably wouldn't meet anybody. <laughs> then you know that. Okay, find yourself an extroverted friend that you can, you know, yes, that will help you. And uh, believe me, we, we love having friends. And so um, we're, so, we're happy. 
They're happy. That's what I've done with Jamie. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I'm not everybody's cup of tea, but you know, uh, that's okay too. So let's go. I think those are some good tips. All right. So um, the last one is from Juliet. The last question is from Juliet. She wants to know about editing. So um, since we both just released a book, Mm -hmm. why don't we just go through and kind of give a quick, uh, summary of how we edit. Okay. You go ahead first. Okay. So, um, what I usually do is, and it's going to depend on how you write because Mm -hmm. some people edit as they go. And then when they get done, they're pretty much done. Right. I have a tendency to do a lot of my research and editing while I'm writing. Mm -hmm. But then when I get done, I still go back and I read the whole thing all the way through like Mm -hmm. in one I would love to do it in one day, but it never. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> so like probably about a week. It takes me about a week and I go through it and I find like all the like inconsistencies, the plot inconsistencies and things that need to be fixed. Mm-hmm. That's when I fix like date issues and timeline issues. Although I try and not have to do that then. Yeah. And a lot of times I'm at that point, I'm layering in more, um, like reactions, I'll read something and I'll think, oh, she would have to respond to this. And I just totally didn't see it in the beginning. Mm-hmm. So I'll do that. And then I'll go back um, and do another read. And that time I'm more focused on like smaller details, like grammar and commas and stuff like that. Um, and then I will usually read it again after that, just to make sure everything's good right. and that I like it. And then I send it off to a copy editor get it back. And then I send it to a proofreader and get it back. And because I'm me, I actually use two proofreaders because for a while, when I got back that final proof, I was listening to it because I could catch more errors that way. Mm-hmm. But that takes so long. Yeah. Okay. I finally decided I would just pay somebody a second different proofreader to read it again. Mm-hmm. And that's really helped catch a lot of errors and it's freed up a lot of my time. Yeah. So, that's so that's kind of like my high level. And the other thing I do is I have a list of words because I'm terrible with compound words. Mm -hmm. So like if something should be together, I separate it. And if it should be separated, I put it together. You know, I always do the opposite. So I have like my commonly messed up words. And like when I get done, I'll go through that list and I'll think, oh, I did use this word a lot. Let me go check. Mm -hmm. And then we have, we talked in another podcast, I think with Mal about uh, searching for like grinned, nodded, mm-hmm. you know, things, things that, you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. Phrases, and phrases, you know, you use that, you know, overuse. Yeah. Overuse. Yeah. 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 I do that too. Um, so for me, you know, okay. Strap in for the hot mess express. Um, I, so I write just the first draft. I, the first book I wrote, I did write and edit as I went, but I was working with a critique group then. Actually, the second book, I kind of did the same thing, but um, it wasn't quite as intense as it was on the first book. But now I write the first draft. I uh, Then after the first draft is done, if I have time, I will go through and kind of clean it up a little bit. If I don't have time, God bless my developmental editor's heart. Um, And I send it. So for the last two books, three books, I've used a developmental editor. And so I send it to them and then they look at it and go through it. Tell me the plot holes. Tell me if they don't like, you know, what they don't like, what they do like. Um, This one in particular, she had it. She just thought my character, my 
hero was arrogant and petulant. Hmm, those are nice. <laughs> Probably not what you want to hear. Feeling, yeah. Um, so I went, you know, and then she, there were some time issues, you know, and stuff. And she was like, I don't understand why, why this is happening here. It should have, you know, it could have happened earlier or whatever. And so I get it back and then I really go through it and I start, um, you know, I'll go through and fix all the stuff she said first, usually, um, especially if they're uh, plot issues, then I'll fix those. But then I start back and I start just, I go chapter by chapter and I look at, you know, sentences. I, I just go in and clean up the sentences and I not clean them up like grammar grammatically because, you know, that's not me. Um, but I just, you know, I'll put in emotion or I'm like, that was total telling. I need to yeah. fix that. And so I just do chapter by chapter and that's what I do the first time. Mm-hmm. Then I usually read it, but I read it on my Kindle. And then in your Kindle, you can make notes. So yeah. you can highlight a section and make a note. And then when you go back, you can look in your Kindle and yeah. it will tell you. And so that's how I make notes to myself. If I read it on the computer, I miss a lot more stuff than if I read it on my mm-hmm. Kindle. Uh, then I go through it again. And, you know, I'm putting, every time I go through, I'm either putting in emotion or I'm putting in, uh, if it's, not as funny or if I missed a place where I think I could add something funny, I do that. Um, and then, so I make two passes usually like that. And then I send it to my copy editor and she will do, she does a really heavy copy edit. So she does grammar and line edits and stuff, but she will also tell me if like with this last book, she, she felt like, the prologue was too long, um, and she also noticed that my hero was a little petulant and <laughs> arrogant. So I had to go back and look at that. I left some of the arrogance. I took out the things that I, you know, if two people tell me that he's being yeah. petulant, then I probably need to take it out. But I get it back, and I fix all that stuff. And usually if it's if it's got big stuff like this last one did, I go through and just accept her grammar things, you know, mm-hmm. the little thing, I, the easy things. I accept right. those, get those out of the way. Then all I have to do is deal with the big, you know, the bigger things. And then after that, I send it to beta readers mm-hmm. and I send it to, uh, actually this time I send it to the beta readers before I send it to my copy editor. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I send it to proofreader. And then I fix the proofs. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I just, will say I used to print mine out. I used to print my book out and I had these humongous notebooks and I would carry them around with me everywhere. And I yeah. would, you know, I'd print it on three hole paper mm-hmm. and take it with me. Like mm-hmm. when my kids were younger and I would take it, I'd be in the car line, you know, and I used to, I, I used to do a lot more editing and I did a lot of like moving sections and I had this like elaborate, thing like star go to page 52 and find the star and insert you know so it's like I did a lot of moving around and I do less of that now and I don't know if it's it may be because I've just learned to incorporate a lot of that as I'm writing the draft right so I think I do less at editing in some ways now than I used to and I just do it all on my computer now right but um and I have listened to my book before and that does really help. You're right. It does take a while. And that's why I kind of like this whole 
doing it on the Kindle thing because yeah. I did that twice. Um, one before us after I sent it to, um, I mean, before I sent it to developmental editor, and then I went back through it and mm-hmm. read it again and made notes before I sent it to the copy editor because, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, you just know that there are things you miss and oh, yeah. I want to clean it up as much as I ha- can because I know that she um, has to do a lot of, you know, line editing and grammar mm-hmm. stuff. So I want to try to make things as easy as I can for her. Yeah. So Yeah. And I have recently added in the last couple of books I've used authors AI and we're going to talk to, um, Alessandra Torre and JD Laska in a couple of weeks about that because mm-hmm. it's um, it does give you like the structure. So I like mm-hmm. that. It gives you um, like your, you can see the narrative arc and then it tells you it's got this thing where it shows you the beats. And so I like that because it, it lets you know, like if you have a portion that's slow or, you know, a portion that's uh, it lets you kind of see how it matches up to other books, you know, and, um, and so now that I've got a couple of reports from them, I can look and see the differences between my books and go, Oh, this one was a little slow at the beginning or, you know, it just helps me kind of give a different view of it. So that's been interesting to add that. And I will say, um, about the list of words and stuff and phrases, I just really recommend a lot. I think people, everybody should do that. And, one of the words I have to search is the F word because I really like to use it in my writing and there's nothing wrong with it, but you know, in a 80,000 word um, manuscript, if it's not appropriate to use it 40 times, then you may, you know, or, or 140 (laughs) times or 400 times, whatever it is, you might want to go in just for variety's sake. And so that you're not like, Again, there's nothing wrong with using it. It's just that you want to you want to have variety in your writing and in your cursing, mm-hmm. and so you <laughs> don't want to you know, you just don't want to be a one note kind of gal um, or guy. So I think it's important to even go through because I mean I do that with all the curse words or um, you know any of the phrasing you know and, and then writing some mm-hmm. other scenes that we write uh, in romance, you know, I look at those two and just, I I spend a lot of time editing my sex scenes because I don't, I want them to be what my readers expect and Mm -hmm. what my readers want. Um, And I think that, and it takes me longer on those. So those are usually the things I spend a lot of time on. Um, So yeah, just being mindful of stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's true. I don't have to search for the F word in my book. So it saves me some time there. I know. <laughs> All right. So we should probably move into yes. reviews and talk okay. about that. Reviews. So let's talk about, first let's talk about how there's different kinds of reviews. So there's reader reviews and there's mm-hmm. professional reviews. Yes. So, um, First, let's talk about reader reviews and how to get them because that's the question people always have. So what would be your top recommendations for that? Um, you know, it's tricky because I, I've always said one review begets another review begets mm-hmm. another review, and it just kind of is a snowball. So the more books you sell, the more reviews you're going to have. Yeah. But to circumvent that, you can use services like Booksprout, I mean, before the book comes out, 
if you're in KU. If you're not in KU, I think you can use these. um, I think you can until you actually put it in KU, right? Uh, Yeah, I think so, because in KU, you can't give away your book. Right. But if you are, um, before you launch, you can use Booksprout. I used a service called Shifted Sheets for my first book, and it was amazing. I mean, just worked so phenomenally well. I think they've changed the program a little bit, but I still think they have a review service. So you might check into that. Um, You can use NetGalley. You can use uh, Hidden Gems. Those are services that you can pay for, and they put your book out, and then people review it. What I liked about Booksprout was that uh, I I used the paid program, so I think it was fifty dollars, and I got thirty five manuscript. You know, I could give away thirty five manuscripts. I think like thirty one of those people reviewed. It was it was a high number, but it's because they want to stay in the program. Like when they would review, they would send me an email and say, "Hey, I put my review up. Can you go market that I did that?" Because they want to stay in the program. So, so was that Booksprout or yes, Shifted Booksprout. Sheets? A oh, Booksprout. That okay. was Booksprout. Okay. Yeah, Shifted Sheets was just for the first one, I think. Yeah, just the first one. And um, I paid the money to be in there, you know, to right. like a letter promo kind of thing. And then I think I gave away like 300 books. It was a lot. <laughs> but I got, I got 75 reviews. So for me, that was worth it because I didn't have a platform. I didn't have, um, and I think this is kind of important if you're new, you know, don't be afraid to give your book away to, in order to get reviews right? Yeah. because those people aren't your readers, but once they read your book, they may become your readers. And that definitely happened for me with Shifted Sheets um, and yeah. that first book. Yeah. So, yeah. So I think there's like, if you're going after reader reviews, you can get, you can pay sites like yes. um, the NetGalley has a co-op thing you can yes. do through Kobo. You can do that and pay a fee for a promotional opportunity through them, or you can just give your book away. Mm-hmm. So you can do book giveaways on uh, library thing and Goodreads. And that's what I did when I first yeah. went indie. I just had to right. give it away. And um, we've talked about Goodreads before that that's a good place to just find your people, find a little niche of, readers that you like. Yeah. So um, yeah, there's lots of things. And a lot of times it's free. There's, and then you can look too for uh, specific groups for your genre. So like there's specific groups that all they do is they review cozy mysteries right. or, you know, rom-coms or whatever. I don't know. Are there groups just for rom-coms or is it more general romance? No, there are rom-com groups. Yeah. 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 So. And, and, you know, if something I've done with every book, the last three books is gone in, you know, the people who I'm friends with on Facebook that have reader groups gone into their, that have audiences that would like my book. I go into their group and do a giveaway, an art giveaway. Um, You could also use um, some PR companies to do art giveaways. Um, They, they will set that up for you. You know, for, there's, it, mm-hmm. that's a paid service. Um, going into people's group is not. Yeah. Creating an art team from your yeah, newsletter right. group um, is. Yeah, so talk to us about that because you yeah. do yours with your autoresponders, right? Yeah. So I have yeah. like 
I, every so often I ask my readers, I say, who wants to be on my art team, my reader team, and I have this form they can sign up on. So I just do that every once in a while, but yours is part of your autoresponder. Yeah, it's part of my autoresponder. Not for this newest book, but for my bride's books, um, it is. And they, uh, the third email they get from me after they've signed up for my newsletter is, would you want to be on my art team? And I've built a very healthy, very um, responsive art team that way. Uh, so I think it was like a, almost 200 people for Homecoming King. We narrowed it down to about 96 or something like that of people who wanted to be a part of that. Cause to move from one series to yeah, the other. Right. To move from one series to another. Also, um, I did with this book ask people to um, show me a review that they had written in the past because I feel like I'm established enough now that I don't have to give away a ton of books at this point to get reviews. So I wanted people on the review team that I knew were going to review. Right. Yeah. And I asked for that too now. Yeah. I did it in the beginning, but I, I didn't did. in the beginning either. No. Yeah. And I figure, and I get it on my sign up sheet. I have some questions, you know, like where do you review? Because yeah. for me, it's helpful to have people all over, not right. just in right. Amazon. And one of the questions is, you know, where do you review? And then um, I want them to give me a link to a review of one of my books and I have a book that's free so they don't have to pay anything to review that book. Mm-hmm. And I get this response, these comments that say, you know, Oh, I haven't read any of your books, but I would love to. <laughs> or, and I'm like, no, cause I want yeah. you to know how to post a review yes. that lets me know, you know how to do it and that yes. you have at least read one. And I don't care what the review is. I don't care if it's a five star. No, I don't even are. just, show me that you can actually do that. So yeah, yeah, that's a new thing I've added to. Yeah. And that, that happens uh, the way, the way I do it because I don't release very often. Those emails come, those responses come back from that auto responder. Yes, they would like to. And I put them in a folder. I mean, I I respond and say, I'm going to put you in the, you know, I'm putting you on the list when I have a review, when I have a release, we'll be in touch kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So my assistant this time went and she contacted all of them, sent them the Google form, and then that's how we um, decided who was going to be on there. But, you know, I mean, I had 100 reviews pretty quickly, pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, I I had 50 the second day, I think. Um, In the past, I've had 50 on the day of release or even before, like with the fourth Brides book, I had 50 reviews um, before the book even the ebook release because I had the uh, paperback yeah, up. That's a good tip. If you put your paperback up on KDP print and as soon as you hit publish, it goes live because mm-hmm. they do not have the pre-order function for right. that. Mm-hmm. So then your people can go in and they review go on the, the paperback, paperback. Mm-hmm. post the review there, but because the paperback and ebook pages are linked, it will show up on yeah. both pages. So yeah, I, I ended up with, with, the fourth book in the broad series, they just linked like they did yeah. it automatically. Yeah. But with this book, I, I ended up emailing, no, I called, I went through author central and yeah. called and just, and they, yeah. they linked them really fast. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's something you can do. The, um, the so I was going to say, there's another thing you can do for, um, Occasionally I'll do a blog tour and I usually do that at the beginning. Like if I have a new series 
And that's a good way to get reviews. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's a lot of work, but it does give you reviews. And these are, and if you can find one that's specific for your genre, then it'll give you the people that are really interested in your book. So that can be really good. Even though I know blog tours seem to have kind of faded in popularity for a while there, everybody was doing them and now they're still there. But I think that, and I don't know that you have to do them with every single book, but anyway, blog tour can get you some good reviews. Right. And with, um, kind of along those lines on Instagram, bookstagrammers on Instagram. Um, If you work with a PR company or you work with a uh, blog tour company, they will read, they have a list and they will reach out to those people. I don't generally do that. So I reached out to about 10, 15 uh, bookstagrammers that I either follow Mm -hmm. or that I know review um, romance and at least 10 and I think it was more than that. I think it's 12 ish to got the book and reviewed, read and reviewed it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the others said they couldn't review it, but they would post about it. And I was like, that's great. And I think, I don't know how many sales that generated, but what I do know, it's just one more place that mm-hmm. people saw my book. And I can't tell you the number of comments I've had with, I've seen this book everywhere. I guess I need to buy it, Uh, you know? (laughs) And so that it's just, that helps with visibility. So it helps visibility, but also helps with reviews. I will say when you do that, you have to be prepared for the review because they may not love it. Um, I had one that did not love the book and, but I asked for the review. So I just had to suck it up and take it. Yeah. So that's one of my questions that I had put down is like, what do we wish we had known, particularly about reader reviews? I mean, sometimes your professional reviews, you get bad reviews, but but what do you wish you had known about reviews? Uh, I wish that I had known that uh, probably to not read my reviews. (laughs) (laughs) Not Uh, in the beginning. (laughs) Yeah. Not in the beginning. I, I actually, in the beginning, you know, with Rockstar, I think I have a couple of one-star reviews on that book. But for the most part, those rev- I got great reviews on that book. So that wasn't it. And, and I think you have to learn to kind of separate yourself emotionally a little bit. The reviews I have the hardest time with are the ones that have just a nugget of truth in them. Like something <laughs> I knew when I was writing that book that... I don't love this, but it'll be fine, you know. And then it's something a reviewer calls out. That's those are the ones that hurt. The ones that you know are just they're getting. Okay, so this is what I wish I had known. I I've to the point now that I usually don't go read my reviews, but I think early on it can be beneficial because it can point out, and I'll still skim things. Yeah. See, but I a good review. It's so funny because a good review, I go, oh, that's great. How nice. But if it's a bad review, it can just feel like, like a sucker punch and you're just like out for the count for the rest of the day. It's terrible. So, you know, like we don't weigh them this, or I don't in my head, you know, so that's why I don't read mine very often. But um, what I wish I had known about reviews is that with anybody can be a critic about anything now and anybody can post any review they want. And some of the reviews they're wrong. I've had book, I've had reviews that obviously are not about my book. Oh yeah. They're about like somebody else's book (laughs) and you can't do anything about it. You you know, you just have to let that go. And then other times, you know, they're more, sometimes the reviews are more about 
what that person person is going through or dealing with and you've just hit a chord with them. And a lot of times it has nothing to do with your fiction. It's just your fiction has brought something up in them. Right. And, and that's actually, well, I don't love those reviews, you know, if they don't like it, I I still appreciate them because you did, you did had a response. You had a response. Like it was a real response. And um, so, yeah, I agree. I wish I'd known that reviews are subjective and it, depending on what that person's going through that day is what your review will be. And you can't, you really can't put a lot of stock in the, you can't put stock in the bad ones because it'll ruin your day, but you really can't even put a lot of stock in the good ones because, because you don't want your happiness to be dependent on somebody else's opinion of your book. Exactly. You just need to be happy with your book. But Yeah. um, yeah, with, with, one of my books, one of my really good reviewers, she, she, she gave me three stars, which is fine. Cause I, I three stars and up, I'm okay yeah. with, but, um, she really just, it, she, it really, it, it was something very personal. And she told me that she was like, this story hits me in a very personal yeah. place. And I don't like where you took, that character. I don't, I don't agree with where you took that character. So she, she's on my review team. So she tried to do, give me as positive a review as she could, but it just emotionally, she could not, she could not identify with that book. That was her thing. That wasn't mine. You know what I'm saying? So, and while I appreciate her honesty, um, it didn't really have anything to do with me. It really was about her. So you have to do that. And and another thing, I I don't remember who said this. I think it was in the 20 books group, but, and it was right after the 20 books, 50 K group started. And somebody said something about, I lost my reviews or I lost Mm -hmm. my reviews. And someone who was much more experienced in there said, you know, the goal is to get so many reviews that you don't even know you've lost five, you know, yeah. five don't even matter. And I know that seems like at the time I was like, Oh, that seems kind of harsh. But, but now that I've been doing this for a while, that really is the case. Like you just kind of have to let the reviews do what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, there are some things you can do. You know, we've talked yeah. about those. Yeah. Perfect you just have to kind of let them do what they're going to do yeah. and don't yeah. let them ruin your day. But if there's something truthful in them that you yeah. know, or, you know, then yeah. Fix, yeah. You know, fix that and uh, in the next book and move on. So. Yeah. So the other thing I was going to say is that Becca, I think it was Becca Stein one time in one of her classes, we were talking about different things. And one of the things she said was that sometimes there are like, in air quotes, bad readers, like they're not your readers, but they read your book and then they give it a bad review because like, like they really wanted a laugh out loud, funny, cozy mystery, but they download my historical deeply researched and they're like, well, it was okay, but you know, wasn't that great? It wasn't what they were looking for. So that's why like, if you can align your marketing where you've got your cover blurb and all that and they know exactly what they're getting and hopefully you eliminate some of that well I really wanted this but I got this so therefore one star sometimes you don't because I I had a review on this book and if you look in my description and everything it says it's a slow burn romance and this was actually this review um 
wasn't just a written review. Let's just put it that way. It was put out and, um, and she hated it, like hated it with a burning passion. And it was because it was a slow burn romance. It's appropriate. A, slow, burn. A slow burn. It's a slow burn romance. <laughs> and it was, but she doesn't like those. And I'm like, okay, well, that's fine. It, mm-hmm. And that was the one that I was like, whatever. You know, you cannot yeah. do anything about it. So I did everything I could to keep you away from my book, and you got it anyway. So but you know what? What I've learned is that even if somebody reviews your book that way and they're like, Oh, I hated it. I don't like slow burn. There'll be other people who go, Oh, I oh, love yeah. slow burn. And they, and that bad reviews will sell books. Oh like yeah. Bad I, in air quotes. Absolutely. Yeah. I have a friend who takes her bad reviews and uses them in, um, her ads because it repels. And this is what I've said about marketing before. Yes. marketing is much about repelling the wrong people as it is about attracting the right people. And so it repels the wrong people, but it also attracts yeah. those kinds of reviews will attract the right people. So yeah. You just, yeah. And the fact is most people don't go back and read all your reviews anymore. No. You're the only one that does that. So, no. um, some obsessive look compulsive at, authors. Yes. Some will look at, you know, when I'm looking at a book that I'm not sure about, especially if it's a trad book and it's eight ninety nine you know, for the ebook, I'll look at some of the good book. I'll look at a few of the good reviews, but I'll look at a few of the bad reviews yeah. and decide, is yeah. this something I want to, re-? and that's it. That's all yeah. I look at. I don't, yeah. 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 So right, well, everybody so, gets Oh, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, everybody gets bad reviews. Go look at your yes. favorite author. Oh yes. They've got bad reviews. So yeah. yeah. Jane Austen has one star, so I'm okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> so we are going to go on and talk about, um, like how to use reviews because you kind of touched on that. But before we do, let's go over um, professional reviews because yes. we've kind of talked a little bit about that, touched on it. But um, for professional reviews, there are ways now, like when indie authors started, there was nothing. You couldn't really do this. Mm-hmm. There are maybe a few sites, but now it's becoming more common to have um, professional review sites where uh, you pay for an opportunity for your book to re- be reviewed or you pay for your review, but you're not necessarily paying for a good review. Mm-hmm. So I made a list of these. And so you can get these like from Readsy has a service like this uh, book life, which is part of um, publishers weekly. Uh, Kirkus has one. Um, and then we've kind of touched on like the other sites that are not quite as well known, like hidden gems and, uh, book sprout and those things you can use them as well but um so these you can some of them like uh, publishers weekly you can submit your book to and it's free to submit your book and they may choose to review it they may not so i've done that with like the first three or four books in the historical series mm-hmm. and they've reviewed all of them and it's hit or miss you don't know why they're going to pick them or why they might right. not and you don't know what kind of review you're going to get. So right. with um, Kirkus, you pay, mm-hmm. and then you have the choice of whether or not your review will be released to the world. So if you you and they're, they're expensive, some of these are really expensive. And Kirkus is you, like several hundred dollars. Yeah, if you're an indie author, would you think that's a good investment of your money? I I would think it depends on the type of book you have. Because see, I true. I was trying to. With this historical series, I knew that a lot of the market was traditional, mm-hmm. and I knew that if I could get 
like a PW a Publishers Weekly Review mm-hmm. that could help with sales. Mm-hmm. And so that was one reason I just I thought, well, I'll try, I'll submit it and mm-hmm. see if they pick it up great. If not, then that's fine. Mm-hmm. So, um, but the thing with those is that if you submit your book and they select it and review it, then they're using it also for lead gen. So you're going to get emails from those companies saying, hey, we reviewed your book. Would you like to promote your review? Mm-hmm. And you're under no obligation to do that. Mm-hmm. But that's just kind of the, yeah. the down, uh, not necessarily a downside, cause, but I think there's better ways for authors to spend their advertising money than oh, promoting a review in, you know, their magazine or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, so those, but it does give you a, if you can say, you know, I have a PW review, a, I have, you know, a Kirkus review, a Reedsy review, then, you know, it gives you a little more, like, especially if you're trying to appeal to libraries right. or traditional bookstores or indie bookstores. Or even book them. Yeah. Yeah, true. Like if you're trying to get a feature deal, that's one of the things you could put in the comments, you know. Yeah, yeah. So you can do that. They review, like those sites, they review all kinds of books. Mm -hmm. But then I also discovered that you can submit your book to, like if you have a certain genre that you write in, there's a historical uh, novel society and they do reviews for their members. So I submit my book there. They reviewed it and they have an actual print magazine that comes out like, old school. So that was cool. And then there's um, like freshfiction.com. They do a lot of romance, mystery, um, Mm -hmm. kind of, kind of different segments. So if you can find, they're a website that does reviews and new releases and author spotlights. So if you can find something like that, they will do a, uh, like a kind of a feature on you, you can submit your book for free to them, and if they pick it, they pick it. And then yep. they also have advertising. If you want to advertise on their site, you can. So there's lots of different. You just kind of have to figure out like where you are, where right. where your professional reviewers would be. So there's some options right. there that you don't have to pay yep. several hundred dollars. Yeah, so, that's awesome. Yeah. So, but okay. the drawback is on that you need to give them a lot of lead time. Mm-hmm. I mean, probably at least six weeks mm-hmm. if you want it to come out anytime near when the book is released. So probably six weeks or longer is better. Mm -hmm. And it's a little nerve wracking because you don't know what you're going to get. You don't know what you're going to get. And they're going to publish it one way or the other. Yeah. Well, some of them will let you review it. Like Reedsy is like that. They let you see it. And if you Um, don't want it published, I think they won't tell them no, or they just don't, they just don't publish it on their side. I think. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. So let's talk about um, how to use reviews. So you talked about ad copy. So Mm -hmm. you can use good and bad reviews in ad copy. In your ad copy. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And you can also use it like on your um, Amazon, um, on the product page. Yes. In the middle, if you go to Author Central, you can uh, upload reviews. In, in the editorial reviews, editorial review section, and you can get those from other authors. You can get them from Amazon reviews, Goodreads reviews. If you have Publishers Weekly, any of those yeah. kinds of reviews would go there. Yeah. Um, you can put them on your book cover if you get a blurb from another author. You can put it on your book cover. Mm-hmm. That's what yeah. I've done with all of these that I've gathered for the the historical series. I decided to do a hardcover, and mm-hmm. since I was going to do one for um, I did a hardcover for libraries that's like a case laminate where the pages are exactly like the 
paperback book, but then I did one that had actual flaps. Mm-hmm. And so I had a space on the back and I just put all my reviews back there. And it really, it makes it look very much like a traditionally published book. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. cool. Yeah, you can put my, and I do a lot of stuff with quotes or I've actually not lately because I've been focused on writing, but normally I take like good quotes and I pick, make an image and then I'll post that on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter or whatever and, and write up a little blurb. And I've had people find my books through those. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I need to be better about that. I'm, I'm not as good as that because it, I think it does work. I think, especially like on Instagram or something like that, if you tag the right, you know, if you're uh, hashtagging the right uh, people and they see a review that could really generate interest for your book. So, yeah. And I've even used them like when I get um, feedback, a lot of times, like when I, people reply to my emails from um, like, I'll send out an email, new release and people reply back and they'll be like, Oh, I've already started it. I got one that said I was up until 4 AM reading this. So then like you can put that on a graphic or you can put that in an ad. And, um, and I've used it in my newsletters, you know, like as I'm releasing, like, Mm-hmm. Okay, let me say this right. So I'm sending out the chapters to my mm-hmm. readers leading up to this new release, mm-hmm. and so I'm putting some of their feedback in the last email that's going to go back. Go oh, out. That's yeah, that's what people are saying about it. They're enjoying it. You know, generate interest, and that, that's what I was going to say. Like before, um, like if you're a romance in romance in particular, you know, we do these big lead ups, we have the cover reveal, we have, you know, all of this stuff that leads up to the release. You can use those reviews to generate interest in the book, mm-hmm. you know, in graphics or mm-hmm. uh, just things like that. If you post a, a snippet, then you can post a little review there or something like that. Yeah. 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 And I think I was also going to say the easiest thing to do to keep track of them is to create a spreadsheet, which I'm not a spreadsheet person, but I finally broke down a couple of maybe a year or two ago and I asked my assistant to make one for me. And so now if I get a message back from a reader that says, Hey, this was great. I really enjoyed it. Then I can just copy and paste that in there. And then I have it. And I actually had my assistant go through my reviews and just call and pull out possible quotes. And so they're all in that spreadsheet now. And if I need something, I just go there and pull it out. Right. Um, and I, I don't use spreadsheet, but I have used um, a Word document. Yeah, a Word doc would be fine. Put them in, at, put those in, and then I put, um, you know, things from the book, like little parts of the book I might want to use in ads or something. I put that in there too. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we have covered reviews in depth. Yeah, we have. Yeah. <laughs> People are reviewed out, but uh, yeah. And one thing I forgot to mention in our, what's been going on is um, my book uh, is being published in uh, Brazil with Yay. Cherish Books. And the they did the cover reveal today for the the Portuguese cover. So oh, cool! Yeah. How does it look? Is it different? It looks great. Yeah. It, did it, they use your same image and different? No, I thought they were going to, but they didn't. It's a little darker mm-hmm. than my books are. But I told them. Well, they had two images, and one was really hot, but it was too hot for the book. <laughs> and I said that, and they said, "Well, we have another one," and they gave it to me, and it's a little darker. Than uh-huh. my books are, but and I told them that, but I said, you know your market better than yeah. I do. Yeah. Yeah. So it's in Brazil, 
and but it's it's port, the language is Portuguese. So yeah, well that is it, awesome. Uh, it's very cool. I, it's my first one, my first yeah. translated first so. international. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. So when will it be out? Uh, you know, I'm not sure. They haven't let me know that, but they yeah. they've done the cover reveal, so it must be pretty soon. So. Well, that is cool. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, cool. All right. Well, I guess we'll wrap up and. Yeah. Come join us in the Facebook group and ask more questions if you have them. I think we had one or two that we were going to save for later and do like a whole whole episode on it. We'll have more. So let us know who you want us to talk to and what questions you have. have any idea, if you have some answers to these questions that we didn't touch on, drop them in there and we'll, uh, we'll have a discussion about them. All right. Yeah. You guys take care. Yeah. So we'll have all the, Links and stuff in the show notes at wishidknownforwriters.com. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Wish I'd Known Then podcast. We hope this episode inspired you, empowered you, and made you laugh a little bit too. If you loved it, tell your friends about it. And if you feel so inclined, leave us a review. We look forward to being with you again next week.